Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we interview Asian entrepreneurs and professionals around the world. And for this season, we're going to take our conversations deeper about our Asian identity and hustle stories. We also want to announce that we are hosting our first ever Asian Hustle Network Uplifted Conference next spring in Las Vegas. For more info and to reserve your seats, check out our website at asianhustlenetwork.com. Don't forget to grab a copy of our recently released book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, which tells the personal stories of how 21 Asian American entrepreneurs are shifting culture. You can order it on our website as well. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Callista Wu. Callie Starr, also known as Callista Wu, is an American recording artist, activist, and well-respected attorney whose repertoire defies expectations and inspires others to pursue possibility. As the founder of a multi-platform entertainment company, Callie Starr Entertainment LLC, she is breaking barriers and redefining empowerment through music, art, fashion, and community. Her company brand is represented by the Alicorn logo, a mythical creature that is both unicorn and pegasus. As such, she poised to take the world by a beautiful storm with her alluring vocals, captivating compositions, and stunning visuals. The daughter of Taiwanese immigrants, LA-based Kelly Star, arrives to break barriers for Asian American artists and champion various causes close to her heart, such as anti-bullying and mental health awareness. Her latest single, Can't Sleep, and its accompanying imaginatory music video, out December 17th, show Callie Star confronting her past traumas during a restless night watching the clock. Callie Star designed her artist logo to be a star comprised of both a diamond and a T because her motto is to turn pain into beauty, something she does, dare we say, beautifully on Can't Sleep. Callista, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Maggie. And so good to see you, Brian. Definitely. I want to start by saying that as a community, we absolutely love Calissa. She does so much for our community. We're so excited to have her on today. So, Calissa, we thank you for everything that you do. Like, honestly, this is for real. Oh, this is such a pleasure and a privilege. I'm just watching you both build and just being friends with you and cheering for you in Asian Hustle Network. It's amazing. And I can't wait for more. Of course. You know, we're always cheering for you, but now it's, it's an opportunity for our community to learn more about you. I, I think a lot of people in our community see you around. We see you're so active and you're always helping other communities as well. So we want to hear more about your story. Calissa, tell us about your upbringing and what, the, what that was like. Ooh, okay. So I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley of Los Angeles, California, and it was a very, very Asian upbringing. Uh, my parents are both immigrants from Taiwan. And so they really trained me at a young age to see things from the immigrant perspective. And um, it was always, I guess, training me to be successful. I think they really were a little bit ambitious with me. It was like not just one type of dance. It was always three types of dance or not just one instrument. It was like as many instruments as possible. I think they were just really eager to give me opportunities that they might not have had for themselves. And so 
I don't think they put pressure on me, but I felt pressure. And I don't know if it was self-inflicted. And it was very much like I have to do things to make my family proud. I have to represent well, very much like carrying the burden of making everyone around me uh, feel proud and looking good for them and making a difference um, to reflect back on where I came from. So, yeah. And I think a lot of us identify with that as, as growing up with immigrant parents and yeah, I think, I mean, I always tell people that ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to be both a singer and a lawyer. And that very much defined my childhood. I think people were very much confused about where that came from, why I was the way I was, why I was so ambitious, why I didn't understand that those things were really difficult and that they didn't really go together. But I have just always been the same person ever since I was little, like very driven and very clear about my vision and what I wanted to do, even though I've gotten lost along the way sometimes. Wow. I mean, that's, that's really, really powerful. And it does reflect into the person you are today too. You're extremely ambitious or extremely helpful. And, you know, what you said is, is really relatable to me too, because like I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a lot of things and, you know, ignorance is a huge bliss because it, if you realize how hard it is, you probably won't pursue it, right? Going into something and knowing that you really want to do it without knowing how hard it is, I feel like most likely that with that mindset, you're just going to find a way to overcome it and make it happen. And look at yourself, like you're a, you're a lawyer, although you're not really practicing anymore, but you know, you're also a very talented musician. So talk us, walk us through that transition of what it was like to be a corporate lawyer. And I know you mentioned earlier in the bio as well, like focusing on, on mental health, on in creativity. Like what was that transition like? Because leaving law and pursuing a, a music career is pretty radical, right? And we want to understand like what was the, the thought process and processes leading up to that decision? And like what was the feeling the next day when you actually made the decision to jump? Ooh, okay. So this is somewhat of a longer story and I'll try to condense it, but music was always in my life. And I always knew that I would do both, but I didn't know exactly how that would look or what that journey would entail. And so I actually used to do music before law. So I released my first EP. I was working with the Asian uh, American community with music and entertainment back in the very beginning of it. I think uh, when YouTube was just being formed and we were just hearing some of us on the radio, we were very excited. And I was working, singing, songwriting, ghostwriting, doing session work, and it was really fun, really collaborative. I released my first EP, and right after that, I went to law school. And I think it was really, for me, it was a, it's been a faith journey. Honestly, I prayed and I felt like, I felt like God told me to go to law school and go to a specific law school, and I didn't really know why at that time? Because I had to turn down a really, really good deal that I thought would be ideal. But at the same time, I, I, I am thankful that I did go into law because I think it really equipped me for certain things that maybe some musicians might not have the benefit of knowing how to navigate, like reading contracts, negotiating, knowing some laws, um, some of those nuances of, of power dynamic, power struggle. So, and, and being, uh, being underestimated as a, as a minority female. So 
I think I always knew I was going to go back into music. I just didn't know if it would be as a singer myself or just more on the, on the business side or just supporting my friends who are, who are artists. And I think throughout my entire legal career, as soon as I could kind of breathe from, from being a junior associate in big law, like when I started getting more senior, I started getting plugged into the community again, the API community in LA that we just kind of call the community and seeing how I could check in, how I could help out and how I could support. And I realized that in music, at least there wasn't as much progress as I had hoped. And some of the people who are really carrying that burden and, and trying to push the ball forward were, were really tired and there were not enough resources as, as I wanted and not as much diversity in terms of our representation as I had hoped. And of course, they're amazing talents and a lot of them are my friends and they're 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 just like on fire and I give them so much credit, but there, I felt like people were still like, what do Asian Americans music sound like? And there were still a lot of, I guess, biases and, and ignorance maybe that I saw, especially with the stop Asian hate and the anti-Asian violence that, that rose up. And I felt like a lot of people weren't sure who Asian Americans were. They were confusing us with people from Asia and they didn't know the diversity of Asian America. And, and they were still learning that I had to do. And what does that look like? What does that sound like? And what are the nuances that are us? And so I think that also contributed to my desire to leave big law and to start something where I thought, okay, it's, it's not just about representation and moving the ball forward. It's also about influencing culture and showing other people who we are so that hopefully there's no excuse for ignorance and hopefully they'll learn more about us in their homes when they listen to us on whatever streaming device or the radio. And there personally, I also battled some things in terms of car accidents and brain injuries and things like that that made me realize like life is short. So so it's okay to make decisions that seem scary, but might be worth it in the long run. So there is a number of factors, but those are three of the main ones. Wow. I just wanted to say, Calista, your your drive and your story is just so powerful. And, you know, we've heard this a few times already from Calista in person, but just hearing you reiterate it and listening to you, listening to you talk about what was the defining factor, you know, and I love that you are building so much representation for Asian American artists. And it's true. Like, it's so important for us to see people on stage, on screen, that look like us and sound like us, right? Because there are so many other people who want to do the same things as you do, but we never see people such as like role models or people that we look up to and we never have that example for us, right? And I love that you're kind of setting that foundation for all of us to see. And the the work that you do for the community is so empowering. And I love that you are building more representation for like mental health awareness and anti-bullying, which is so, so important. So. I just want to commend you for that. And it's just so inspiring. Thank you. No, I mean, you guys listen to so many stories and both of you have such powerful stories of your own. And so I think before I would shy away from sharing or I perfectly fine not being the center of attention, but I realized, okay, 
there might be power in being vulnerable and sharing my journey with people, right? Like this is me as an artist, just starting out and it's really scary and I don't have it all figured out, but I'm trying my best. And hopefully with this vulnerability and with sharing my story and the process, not just presenting with the perfect finished product, but showing what it looks like along the way. Um, hopefully that can inspire other people to know that their battles and their challenges are, are overcomable as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's super powerful to be able to be that vulnerable because I feel like not a lot of people can be that vulnerable. And the thing is, like, when we look at idols, we look at movie stars, we look at whoever, we always see a finished product, right? And it's really hard for us to sort of imagine ourselves in that position. But by showing the steps along the way, it shows that we're all just human. And what you realize about talking, especially yourself and, and for us, too, talk to a lot of people who are very highly successful, the common theme is that no one really knows what they're doing. It's, it's a very common theme. Like everyone's still trying to figure it out. Still trying to put out, everyone has two friends, right? They have a friend where it's like, yeah, look at me. I'm so awesome. The other friend is like, holy shit. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And that's, that's, that's okay. And I feel like more people need to start realizing that at the end of the day, we're just all human. We just want to figure things out. I know that you briefly brushed over your car accident, which is a major thing, by the way. <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay and you're safe. And then I really... Glad that you took the positive side, positive side out of that and, you know, decided that life is too short. You need to like move on to your passions and career. So I'm kind of curious too, like how has your past experience influenced your, your latest hit can't sleep. Right. And for our listeners, Calissa and I tend to have our deep conversations super late at night, like two, <laughs> two a.m., three a.m., sometimes four, just to put things in context. So well, when the song is called Can't Sleep, I'm like, okay, I can see why. <laughs> so let's quickly talk about that. Yeah, I think, thank you for bringing that up. So Can't Sleep is a song that I wrote with my producer, Enoch Lynn, and Enoch is part of a band called FYKE, F-Y-K-E, that stands for Four Year Kingdom Eternal. A lot of people don't know that, it's a little tidbit. But their band is very much a proponent of mental health awareness. And I think Enoch saw me from the beginning of being a lawyer, wanting to do music again, not knowing how, going through my car accidents and not being able to do certain things that I used to be very good at doing. So I couldn't read for a while. Like I couldn't, like I would see characters on a page, but my brain couldn't focus and my eyes had processing issues. Like, so I couldn't read. And as a lawyer, that's super scary. I had a hard time processing emotions. So I think I'm used to functioning in very high pressure jobs and very stressful environments. But for some reason, after the brain, in, like after the, the accidents, I sustained uh, traumatic brain injuries that left me very raw and unable to like cope and figure out how to deal emotionally with certain like inputs. So, and I would sit there and be like, Calista, like, this is not a big deal. How come you feel so much with such a little thing? And so I really struggled with a lot of like mental health battles from, I think the injuries, but also in like the reaction to it, because I was, have always been just very hard on myself. And so I, I think I was very hard on myself for not being able to do physically the things that I needed to do. And so through that process, I learned like how to give myself grace, how to just go easy on myself, how to love myself more. And I think I wanted that to translate somehow 
into a song that Enoch and I worked on together. So Can't Sleep is on the surface, yes, about insomnia and dealing with certain things that keep you up at night and being transparent about some of my struggles. But the, the music video that was directed by Brad Wong, we want we wanted it to go a little deeper. And so there's a it deals with a monster that keeps you up at night and you go into Monsterland and there's a storyline there. I don't want to give it all away. But the question is, why does that monster exist and why is it keeping you up at night? And is there a story that goes deeper as to why that monster is the way it is and how can you dig deeper to figure out where that comes from and find healing so that you can overcome and find the peace that you need to be able to find rest and sleep. So that's been a journey that's been heightened with the car accidents and with the brain injuries and my battle with mental health that way. And I just wanted to show people that there is a deeper meaning. And and also, I guess the anti-bullying component is why are there why are there bullies, right? Like what, why are certain monsters acting out in a way that they're acting out? Maybe there's a deeper reason for them as well. And so inner healing is something that I've taken very seriously. I've actually gone to inner healing school uh, for like a couple months in Canada in the middle of nowhere. And so just all of it kind of incorporates into things that I find important. And it's beyond the surface of like a fun visual that's innovative and very animated like a video game which I love there's always a story and there's always a purpose behind every one of the songs that I do and so that's one of the reasons why can't sleep is the way it is thank you so much for sharing that story I love how symbolic everything is for that for that song and how symbolic like the whole monster thing is because we often tend to forget that like each one of us has a specific monster in our lives like something we're battling on our own right and I love that you kind of took the time to reflect and think like maybe I was being too hard on myself maybe you know I was always so used to being in fast-paced environments that I never really took the time to like step back and reflect and think like I should be taking more time to focus on myself and just if I need to like slow the roll like that's something I probably need to do and I love that you're learning how to like love yourself and you know, because of the experiences that you were that you had before, some things are out of con- our control. But the only thing that we can do is to be you know, grateful for that experience that it made us stronger. Right. That it made us who we are today. And yeah, I, I just love the, the symbolism of that song. And yeah, it's I, I think it, it shows us that we need to be kind to everyone. Right. Because everyone is dealing with their own demons. Everyone is dealing with something in their own lives. And that's something that we tend to forget on a day to day basis. Yeah. I also like how you brought every element in your life in your music video. And for you guys who don't know, Calista is a huge anime fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Super huge anime fan. So you see like everything about her in her music videos. It's, I think it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how you're able to incorporate, incorporate all those elements. I'm kind of curious too, like, can you walk us through like the music creating process? What, what, like, what does it take to create like a music video, produce videos, especially as a new artist, right? Let's say I'm a new artist and I want to break into the industry. I don't even know where to start, to be honest here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, do I write my own script? Do I hire someone to write my script? Do I, what are the equipments that I need? I have no idea. Can you walk us through that process? I really think it's different for everyone. And it's so hard to break into entertainment, even with me. And, and I have so many friends in entertainment 
it's been difficult. And I, a lot of it is just figuring out things on my own and Googling and, you know, taking, trying to reach out to people, getting rejected. (laughs) Some people are like, who are you? And why do we even need to talk to you? And some people are still trying to scam me. <laughs> like today, I just realized, you know, somebody like DM'd me and was like, hey, if you pay me this amount of money, I'll, like I, you can be like, I can do a feature on your one of your tracks and I'm going to be managed by this record label soon. And so now you better take advantage. And so it's really hard. I'm just going to say it's so, so, so hard to be an artist because there's so much you have to do. You have to figure out how to write music. You have to figure out how to make visuals. You have to figure out how to dress yourself. You have to figure out and know yourself enough to create authentic art. And then you have to have a management team. Then you have to figure out how to make money because streams really don't make that much money. And you have to figure out how to platform yourself. And so I'm still figuring it all out. But for me, I think because I'm so relationally oriented, the key for me was always with people that I trust. Building with people that who know me and I can trust and we can build together. And that's kind of common in terms of how I like to live my life. It's who can I build with? And are you aligned with the same purpose and the same principles and the same vision? So I was very fortunate for Can't Sleep, for instance, to know Enoch. And I was very, very blessed that Enoch, even though he writes for some of the really, really famous top tier artists who are charting and countries around the world was willing to take a chance on me and work with me on, on uh, figuring out a new sound, a new vision and blending his artistic vision with my artistic vision. And that's what I love about making art is and collaborating. It's if you really come with who you are and that, and whoever you work with comes with who they are, you can create something new that's never been created before because it's a blend of who you are. And so can't sleep. Um, Enoch, is very talented in that he is so fast with creating tracks, but it was during the pandemic. So he uh, came to my home and I had a setup. He brought some of his equipment and we just brainstormed together. So sometimes you have a finished track and you write the top line to the track. But with us, we created both at the same time. So he's like, what do you think about this? Or what do you like? And so it was very interactive. I would sometimes come up with the top line melodies and then he would build a track around it. Or sometimes he would start with some pieces of what he thought the track was. And then I would build my melody and uh, lyrics around that. So it was very innovative, creative, collaborative, and very fast. We brought in our friend Nasir Akmal, who is really good friends with Enoch and who I met through this process. And he also loves anime and he's also super smart. Like he's gone to medical school and he's a rapper. So yeah, just brilliant. And uh, he worked with us on part of the second verse, but yeah, I mean, we, I think we did it in like three sessions and then in between uh, Enoch would build out the track or mix like from his home. And then we sent off the track to be mastered by Chris Geringer, um, who Enoch really likes to master some of his band stuff. And then we uh, worked with Brad, who works with Enoch uh, and Fike on a number of music videos and a lot of music videos for artists that Enoch writes and produces for. And that was that. Sounds like a complicated process, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just like I'm just trying to myself. follow along. 
Yeah, <laughs> me too. There's so many moving parts. And like Brian said, like I myself don't know the process either. So it's really interesting hearing the behind the scenes. And I love watching like Calissa's Instagram stories of like the behind the scenes because it's really interesting. And Brian and I don't even know the process. So it's just it's just really cool to learn what the whole process looks like. I'm, I want to know, like, did you know exactly what that process looked like? before you had quit law like were you already aware of what that process looked like or did you learn a lot in like the past year ever since you had quit law oh i've learned so much oh my gosh but also every person you work with like there's no formula in music even with writing and creating and every producer or every writer you work with it's all different and you just kind of feel each other out and you try to create and communicate and it's it's all yeah, I mean, Enix not the only producer I've worked with. So every person that I work with, it's really different. Um, but I, what I did have the benefit of is I did have the benefit of writing and singing before. So I, I know how to record. Um, I know how to write. I know how to write in sessions when everyone's like the pressure's on and everyone's watching you. I know how to do that. And so I think being able to pump out stuff on the spot is a skill that I learned beforehand. So I was able to take that into this process, but something that was new was I'm new, right? So if I'm being authentic to myself, like what does me as an artist look like? I know what Calista as as a lawyer looks like, but what does Calista as an artist look like? And I don't want to just do things that are like done already or cookie cutter or formula because there are people who can do that much better than me. Like, what do I have to bring to the table? And that's a lot of my writing and my like compositional ability and putting myself into it. So I have to do the work of figuring out what is that that I'm going to put in and how I'm going to put it in and what does it look like and sound like and feel like. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point too. I, you know, I like the fact that you are bringing your strength to this, right? Uh, there's still a lot of things I, I don't quite understand. <laughs> so kind of hope that you can clarify with me. And I want to start with, as you mentioned earlier, the sound. Like, what does that? What does that mean? Like, finding your beat, finding your sound, finding your theme. How do you find that? Is it something that you kind of have an idea of what it is, or is it something that you sit down? Let's say you sit down like a studio and your producer is playing a couple beats, and you're like, okay, nodding along and see you can sing some lyrics. Is it something like that, or am I completely off? So every, I think, artist that is in the top 40 has a sound. So Dua Lipa has a sound. Katy Perry has a sound. Her has a sound. And so what are some, what, what is, what does Callista or Callister sound like? And for me, it was important that I make it pop because I want the broad commercial reach, which is behind the purpose of why I was doing what I was doing or why I started going back into music was to have as much reach as possible because it impacts culture and and shows people who Asian Americans are that way. And so how can I still be me with my message, but do it in a more pop commercial way? And who are some artists that I really, you know, that I really like. And for me, it's probably different for everyone. But for me, I just, when I write and I sing sounds come out, like it's just part of who I am. It just comes out and I can change. I can change the way I sing it. I can change, like I can sing in a more R and B style. I can sing in a straighter style, like, you know, clean, like pop, like not so much vibrato. I can change my vibrato to be faster, to be, to be shorter, to be thinner, to be, I can change my voice to be breathy or not. I can 
I can sing with head voice or chest voice. I can do different things, but all of it is to still be me, but to, to package it in a way that other people can kind of understand and that fits the purpose. So sometimes my producer and I will be like, oh, this song will be a little bit more like this type of artist or this type of song, or here are some of the influences that we want to draw from for this track. And so, yeah, I mean, the sound is pretty much like, I don't think you can really describe it that well, but yeah, I mean, like, so if, if I were like, oh, The weekend, you kind of know like what his sound is. And so how do you make a distinctive sound and how do you develop that and, but still be authentic? It's a process. That is very, very interesting. Go ahead, Maggie. Oh yeah, no, I, I love how you're kind of like diving us deep into your creative process because when you're saying like, it just comes out for like people like Brian and myself who are not very musically talented, like it just doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Brian has two left feet. I will, (laughs) I'll tell the world. Maggie has two right feet. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing you talk about that creative process. And I I mean, like, do you ever have any creative blocks? Like, and what do you do in those instances? Like, you know, for you, it might be a lot easier than Brian and myself to like come up with a music, musical tune or like some lyrics to the songs. But I, ju- I just want to know, like, if you do have creative blocks, like, what do you do in those instances and where do you kind of like find inspiration to come up with something? I also want to add on to that, too. Like, how do you practice? How do you warm up? I want to hear about that process, too. Do you practice when you shower? Do you practice as you drive home? I know you, for you guys don't know, Calissa drives from Irvine to L.A., frequently and that's like an hour drive one way so it's like two hours drive for each la event plus traffic yeah like how do you do it galista yeah (laughs) no Uh, (laughs) okay so let's see i don't know where to start what should i start with you can start with maggie's question how do you overcome creators block okay so i am constantly very cognizant of what i'm inputting into my life so I'll listen to music, but it's not just to enjoy. A lot of times it's to dissect and see what's out there. So I'm constantly absorbing and seeing what's out there so I can figure out things that inspire me, things that I like, things that I'm like, "Mm, it's not for me. So, and I'm also very aware of like, what are the new sounds? And I'm also cognizant of by the time it's been released, it might be new now, but for that artist, it's not new anymore. So how do I be ahead of the sound curve? And what are some things that are extra innovative beyond what inspires me now? I do get writer's block, but I have to power through it. Sometimes it's just being diligent and like when you've scheduled a session to just turn out what you think you have in you until you finish. And then later you can look at it and say, oh, I could do better than this. Should we during the next session redo this and start from scratch? Should I completely pretend like I didn't work on that last session? Should I start brand new or is it good enough that I can take it and build on it uh, the next session? So I think sometimes it's a balance of just finishing, just just like pushing out like what you set out to do. And sometimes it's a balance of, okay, let's let's start afresh. Let's um, figure out what else there is and uh, get new inspiration. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely helps to start afresh, get inspiration, take breaks. That is all really important in the creative process. You can't really force those things. 
So you can't, you can't just like sit at the desk, sit at your desk for like five hours and try to be creative. It has to be like, Oh, there it is. And you run back to your desk real quick or whatever your studio and you like write it down and be inspired. So I guess the second part of the question is like, how do you practice? Like, and how often do you practice? Cause I'm very curious to, to, to learn more about that, that side too. Well, yes. Okay. So I, not just an artist, as you know, I'm also running the company. And so I feel like I don't have the typical artist lifestyle where my main job is to just be an artist and create and feel and express myself artistically. And I don't get to practice as often as I would like. So I grew up doing a lot of the traditional singing um, in choirs and, and did acapella competitions. So I know like the standard warm ups and the scales. I'm actually really bad at that. <laughs> I uh, like to do my warm ups by like singing certain songs in the radio, in the car while I'm driving, or just starting with like singing things in my head voice before I will go and then try to do things in my chest voice and then warm up my chest voice. I love that. That's really, really interesting. And I, I kind of wanted to point out the fact that what's so unique about you, Calista, is like everyone knows that you have a certain style, right? Like whenever we have events with you, everyone knows that you are the person with like glitter all over your outfits <laughs> or, you know, I think you have this special uh, clothing brand that you always like to go to, Akira. And we just <laughs> always know that you love like flashy so, things, so Kira, right? Make sure you sponsor Calista, please. So you guys are listening to the podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Akira. <laughs> but I love it. Like everything is so on point and it speaks to who you are. And whenever we see you and like, you know, whenever we we see your presence, like we just know like that is totally Callista. Like that's totally Callista style and no one else has it. What do you think like came to this this kind of style that you adopted? Like, was this always who you were? And like, did you always have this sort of style or did you kind of like pick up on it and realize, okay, this is who I am. And this is kind of how, like how I want to portray myself in my music and represent myself and um, show people that it is you know, possible to pursue possibility. I think that really resonates through your style, your music. Talk a little bit about that messaging too, like pursuing possibility. I think it's so powerful, like very, very simple message, but it can be so powerful and has such a deeper meaning. So I want to know about your personal style and like what you want people to get out of, you know, pursuing possibility. Yeah, I think that's also a really good point. And I also want to point out that whatever glitter you're using is amazing because I give you lots of hugs and it never ends <laughs> in my clothes. It never ends oh, in my yeah. clothes. And it's like... We look at you, you're glistering with glitter. <laughs> you know? I, I love it. But it never ends up in any of our clothes. I'm like, man, what brand is this? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. The fact that you mentioned that. Um, I, I always tell people that I don't have that many skills in life, but I only have a few things that I can do like pretty well. Everything else, I'm very like, oh no. <laughs> but oh you are so talented. No. Say that. Shopping <laughs> is one of my skills. And I I probably invested way too much in clothes over the years. Uh, my finance dad is probably like, hmm. <laughs> but I always attribute it to the fact that my, my dad was in clothing for a bit when I was growing up and I was a childhood model. And then also my grandpa and one of his companies uh, was like a text was in the textile a manufacturing business. And so my grandpa always encouraged me. Okay. So when I would go to Taiwan, he would always give me a red envelope. Hongbao with 
uh, Thai B with NT. And I would always go and buy clothes and I would always show my grandpa like what I bought with the money. And he would always, cause he is very, very on point and very stylish and very fashionable. So he would wear his custom suits, like always like very, very tall, very handsome, like always hair perfectly done with his drivers. And you know, he came from nothing, but he really established like his own empires, I think. And made a legacy that way uh, while still being a, a man of integrity and still helping the, the people around him and, and lots of organizations. So he's my hero. But he would always say, like, wow, like this girl, she can do anything like this girl. Like she is really good taste. Like her style is impeccable. Like, Calista, how did you find that? Where's that necklace from? Like, how did you put that outfit together? And so I had that one person in my life who. I didn't see very often and he was a man of very few words, but he always made me feel like a million dollars or a billion dollars. Now a million, I guess it's not as much because of inflation, (laughs) but but he always encouraged my talent and I felt like he saw me. And so when whatever it is, like, and he was like the patriarch of our family. So everyone else had to fall in line with what he said. And that really, really made me feel very special and that I had talents that um, that other people acknowledged, uh, whether that was, you know, noticing things, my fashion sense, putting outfits together, working on a budget, because it was always like, how can I find things that were hidden treasures at the night market or these discount stores and and still pull out like outfits that uh, really impressed my grandpa? And he was like, wow, you made all that with the money I gave you. So yeah, I think that's where it started. And ever since I was younger, I would always try to represent how I felt with putting outfits together. So my dad was in fashion. I would go to like diff- like the California Mart in downtown LA. And, and you know, because I uh, was a child model, I could pull different clothes and yeah. And, and then I uh, just grew with that. Like um, my mom always asked me for my styling advice. And so I would be her like personal fashion consultant ever since I was little. And, and to this day, I'm still like her fashion consultant. And just just really expressing myself and how I feel with my clothes is something that I've always done. And uh, it got me in a little bit of like trouble. I think when I was working in law firms, they're kind of like, why are you dressed like that? Because uh, I would push the envelope a little bit and be a little bit shiny. I'm like, oh, I have an event after. And so they'd be like, okay, okay. But yeah, I, I always just wanted people to to know that you are more than the limits that have been placed on you by other people and the and the boxes that you yourself put yourself in. And the company Cali Sound Entertainment was created to inspire others to pursue possibility because maybe you just need someone to tell you. I see you and your dreams are valid and you can go for it. I see the talent that you have. You're really skilled in that. I believe in you. Like my grandpa did for me, like certain other people have done for me. And like, I try to do for other people. And it's very much a model that I try to live out. And I have been living out for many, many years of my life, encouraging other people to pursue their dreams, overcoming their fear with faith. And that's who I am deep down. And that's who I want to represent. I can attest to that. Calissa always tells me to go out there and live my dreams too. (laughs) And I appreciate that, Calissa, a lot. I guess like, I I do want to ask a pretty personal question of how do you overcome challenges? Because I feel like with every industry and especially entertainment, especially as a new artist, there's going to be a lot of times where there's a shit ton of doubt where you doubt yourself like crazy. How do you keep those voices at bay to keep yourself focused? Because for a lot of people, it does override you a lot, right? When things don't go your way, 
for a very long period of time, like, how do you keep yourself focused and like, right, this is what I need to do. And this is how I'm going to push myself to find the motivation to do, to do what I want to do. Because this is very, very hard. That's a great question. For me, it's very centered around my faith. I grew up in church, but I had to find my faith again as an adult. And once I found that again, it's been the most precious relationship that I have. I'm Christian. And so my relationship with Jesus is really what keeps me grounded and centered. I really spend a lot of time meditating, praying. Sometimes we call it soaking. My mom does it as well for many, many hours a day. And she calls it taking out the trash where I, (laughs) I lie there and I try to connect to the Holy Spirit. And I'm just being very, you know, real and upfront and raw with you guys because I know you, but I turn on some Christian worship music. Sometimes I try to make sure I'm connected to Holy spirit. And then I just dump my trash. Like I try to empty out all the anxieties and all the things I have on my mind. And sometimes in that process, I get revelation about what I'm supposed to do, but I bring all these things that I'm worried about before God. Sometimes it's like a giant mess and I can't even sort out the thoughts one by one, but sometimes it's a little bit more like I have this big thing I'm worried about God. Like, here it is. And these are all my fears about it. And then, and then we wait till it's addressed and I get, and then, then I get peace, whether it's like I, I surrender and then I get peace that way, or I get a solution and I know what to do. And so it's that process. And I really, really need it in order to deal with a lot of the pressure and the stress that I have. And I get a lot of guidance that way. And I get a lot of peace that way. And then after I take out the trash, um, my mom always tells me it's important to like, if I, then I'm an empty vessel and then I try to fill it. So I ask God to fill me with like peace, with love, with like power, with strength, with wisdom. And so I try to live out of the overflow of that peace, goodness, wisdom, and love. But if I'm like full to the brink of like all the things that this world has to come at me with, then sometimes I am aware, like I need to take some time to like empty out the trash before I do this big decision or before I go into the studio, because like what's in me is going to come out of me, how I interact with people. It's going to like, even the words that I'm speaking, like it carries stuff. It carries whether it's goodness or it can carry anxiety, like in people can feel it. So I really, really prioritize that in my life. I love that. And it's, it's so powerful. I love that, you know, you, you pray and, you know, you meditate because I think a lot of us, we tend to, as entrepreneurs, as artists, as creatives, we, we have a lot of things going on inside of our minds, inside of our heads. And it's, it's sometimes it's very hard to kind of like organize those thoughts. Right. But when we ask for help or when we kind of sit down and meditate or pray, it really helps us to organize those thoughts and like sort it out whether that be coming to a resolution or coming to peace with it, you know, it's extremely helpful. And I love that you mentioned that because, you know, just the same thing as like seeking therapy or just seeking help, especially in the Asian community, we tend to not seek help all the time. Right. We tend to like always say like, I got it. You know, I'm okay. Everything's okay. When a lot of the times, you know, many things are falling apart for us where we work so hard on a daily basis, but I love that, you know, you are kind of like showing us that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help and, and, you know, seek therapy and seek prayer. And I love that you mentioned that. So I think that's a really, really great note to kind of like transition to our last question, Calista. And that is, if you could give one advice to an aspiring artist, 
what would that one advice be? I think my one advice to an aspiring artist would be to really dig deep and figure out who you are and what makes you you and what makes you so special because every person is special and the deeper you can uncover that and the more authentically you can express that the more beautiful the world will be because of who you are and how you show up in your art to change the environment that you're in and to make an impact on people around you love it thank you so much for sharing that advice calista and how can our listeners find out more about you and cali star entertainment online oh thank you yes uh, i'm on instagram at cali woo c-a-l-i-w-u and yeah i mean uh calistarentertainment.com we have a website and i think you guys will probably be linking all my uh, socials but i i'm i think i'm most active on instagram so i will see you there Oh, and then, oh, I also have, okay, I forgot. I also have uh, YouTube. I also have Spotify and Apple Music. (laughs) So if you could help stream those things, that would be very much appreciated. Yes, we'll leave all of those in the show notes. Everyone, be sure to check out Can't Sleep and Callista's YouTube channel and all of her tracks. They're amazing. I think you're everywhere, right? Spotify and all of those streaming platforms. So definitely recommend everyone to go check it out because Callista is an amazing artist. Just wanted to thank you so much for being on our show today, Callista. It was amazing hearing your story. Thank you so much, Maggie and Brian. You know, I love you both. So thank you, Dejan. We love, we love you. you. <laughs> we can't wait to see where you're going to be in the next couple of years and how successful yeah. you're going to be. So thank you so much to be on our podcast. We really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Clissa. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.